Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. There's not much left to to say, you know, like you said, it's just got to um, keep going. The season's not going to get canceled. we got seven more games, eight more games. Uh, seven or eight? Seven. Seven more games left. Uh, we got a lot of ball left. Just get better every week. And um, But, yeah, I'm not going to sit up here and say all the positive things that came out of it. There's not much out of today. Um, got our butt kicked. Didn't look good all the way around. So um, where you go from here is just – Keep going to work. Everybody stay together. Keep fighting. I know I will. Uh, I'm never going to quit. And I know we got enough guys to to turn this thing around, and it's it's up to us. We got to make that decision. So uh, just got to keep working. Even an optimistic Trevor Lawrence didn't have much to say post game after that loss to the San Francisco 49ers, a 30 to 10 loss that drops the Jaguars to two and eight on the season. Jaguars drive time Monday morning. Oof. Yeah. Brian uh, it's all as I have to say. Yeah, start, please. Um, I felt bad for Trevor yesterday yeah, because this is, I think, the first time, and he was not trying to say this, but your your post game and your reactions are you're sort of raw. Um, I don't think he was thinking this about the receivers, but about the entire offense. In his words, you could hear there's not much they can do with the personnel on offense right now, and. This was a quarterback who came in and was at a loss for words because I don't think he or the coaches know where the answers are, not necessarily through anybody's fault in coaching. It's not there. It's just not there to do any more than this. They have 43 points in the last four games, and that's not a fluky stat. No. And look, um, (laughs) that's why I like him so much because even at the youthful age of 22 uh, in this game – he understands what he needs to say and how he needs to approach the media. Right. When I say that, Brian, I don't mean that he's trying to lay other people oh, out. Oh, no, he's not. It was just there you, in you, what he was trying not to say. There was a, almost a glaze in his eyes in the first minute or two I've that been he was there. in there. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. You know firsthand. Um, so I wrote for Quick Thoughts, and I, I had some optimism for these two games because I thought that the defense would play well. Uh, that did not happen. If the defense can't play well, then all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence's glaze is going to become even more glazed over. That offense needs that defense's help in the worst way. More than in any ordinary situation, they have to have it because of the limitations they have on the offensive side. And yesterday, the defense let them down. Yeah. And you look at that first opening drive, that 13-minute drive, and Trevor Lawrence said it was inexcusable to go three and out right after that. But... What would you like them to do? Where do you see the play opening up? Do you see something better, another option for Trevor Lawrence? Because it doesn't seem no, to be there. No, no, no. Nothing's no. changing. Yeah. Uh, well, and what was frustrating about the defense, I know we'll get into this, but what was mm-hmm. frustrating about the defense wasn't that they couldn't stop them or even didn't stop them at times. Uh, against the 49ers, all you had to do was watch the Rams and talk to anybody around that team. That first drive is what they do. And they – they're mostly a methodical drive team. They thrive on it. And there's going to be situations where you have a chance to get them off the field. Uh, they had chances. And I'm not so much concerned about the smooth offsides. That was deep in the territory. They were going to get a field goal anyway. But you gave up third and 12. Oh, yeah. And you gave up a hold. that It was a marginal hold at best 
on uh, Rayshon Jenkins early, but you can't put yourself in that situation. And it he knew it was a big play. It took you, away the impact play they had made. They were off the field, and you don't worry about the first drive if that play doesn't happen. That's where in the NFL things can tip based on one play. I don't know, I, one thought, and then I'll let you do big things. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh-oh, on that third and 12th play because I know how the Niners work. I know how Kyle Shanahan works. They did this to the Jaguars when we were out in San Francisco in 2017. They had a 15-play drive to open the game and got on the board. Uh, when they had that, when they got the sack and got to him and couldn't get off the field because of the holding penalty, my first thought is, this is not going to go well today. And, yeah. of course, it did had that vibe. And I saw in Rayshon Jenkins, because I was watching him the rest of the way, he lost his composure, which, by the way, is the book on him. And, and that didn't go well either. So it all fell apart. Um, I'm not blazing it all on the defense, but the defense needed to play well and break serve, as John likes to say, in order to be able to win that ball game, and they couldn't break serve. They got beat, essentially, uh, back-to-back sets, 6 nothing. Mm-hmm. if you know tennis. Yep, by a much more physical team, yeah. which leads us right into big things, which big thing one is insult. The 49ers were by far the more physical team. We talked about it all week, and you said the Jaguars had to match that physicality. Well, they didn't, and you look at that 20-play opening drive that set the tone for the entire game, the turnovers – the penalties, eight of them, it was just ugly. And this is the lowest point of the season so far. And the confidence is not where it once was just a week ago. It hurts it. I think we had, uh, we won two out of three at one point. And so you started feeling good. You had victory meals. People started to pep their step around here a little bit. Defense was one of the top defenses in the last four games. You kind of feel a little juice going and then you play like that. So I got to get them, we got to get them back. That's my job. That's our staff's job and our leader's job. So um, that, this, that was a sting to it, but we'll be back. Big thing, too, is injury. Shaquille Griffin, Jamal Agnew, Cam Robinson, James James Robinson. It's not all on him. This offense is struggling already, and now they're dealing with some injuries, some key injuries, especially Jamal Agnew. We'll find out more about that one today. But, oh, boy, this is an offense that is struggling. Yeah, this could get ugly. Big thing three, like every Monday, is tracking Trevor Lawrence. Really hard to track this guy at the moment. He was in a 17-0 hold yet again this week. How do you judge this guy based on what everything is going on around him? Truly, though, none of us are worried about the rookie quarterback and the coaches and either. I just told him I'm going to keep fighting. Like It doesn't matter the situation. I'm always going to be me. Don't have to worry about me. So I'm going to keep being the same guy, coming back every day, grinding. And we got a lot of guys like that. And there's not a magic pill that this is what we need to do to fix it. Um, we all just have to take ownership and, and be better. And until we do that, it's going to be the same thing. So we just got to gotta keep gotta keep going, keep going back to work, and it'll come. But um, this is definitely disappointing. I like what he said there. There's no magic pill. And you have people ask the question, okay, well, what do you fix? What is one thing that they can fix? There isn't one thing. There's a multitude of things. And right now it doesn't really seem like there are answers to those multitude of things. Well, I mean, I hate to just keep putting logs on the fire, but it didn't look yesterday like James Robinson was anywhere close to being James Robinson. He's not a guy with that extra gear, that top-end speed. His great skill is his suddenness and his ability to change direction and fight through tackles. He doesn't have that right now. You saw that yesterday. Mm -hmm. And with the knee and the heel, seven weeks left, he ain't going to be there. So now if you have him and you don't have Jamal Agnew, oh, I mean, the quarterback, holy cow. Do you realize the last two games, Dan Arnold has been the number one target. He wasn't even targeted yesterday. Right. They took him away, and that's what teams are going to do. This is getting smaller and smaller 
and smaller in terms of the ability for the Jaguars who are playing in a box to get out. And, Brian, you pointed out it seemed like the 49ers intentionally went more man because they knew they could, and that puts even more pressure on the quarterback. The offensive line's getting killed in the mailbag, but when when all this happens, when you start blitzing, when you've got Bosa on that side, it gets more and more compressed. And when guess what, Shlin? If you're down seventeen nothing against a team that knows you cannot strain their defense, you're going to get five, six in the box blitzing all the time. And that's where that right now. And one of my hot takes was going to be, and I didn't use it because I'm not a doctor, although I, I play one on TV. There. I don't know how injured Robinson is, but you wonder if if they might need to sit him for a week and get him off of that injury so that he's somewhat fresh coming back. I don't know the answer to that question, right. but you wonder if it's on the table. Uh, I hope not because I hope the kid can play because I know he wants to play. The offensive line was under siege. Juwan Taylor did not play well. Of course, he's got Nick Bosa, who's one of the best pass rushers. Urban Meyer said of him that it was the strongest combination of power and speed that he'd ever seen, mm-hmm. right? And he had Joey Bosa at Ohio State also. So Juwan was going to have his hands full anyway. He did not play very well. There were times when Fred was yelling at the TV, Juwan, anchor into the inside, you know, <laughs> where, where Juwan just didn't. Um, so I don't want to make it sound like just the sheer numbers were against the offensive line. They can play better than they did. But, you know, not a whole lot better. I mean, not when you've got them attacking, and they just did. And then when you have Cam Robinson out, uh, then you got Walker Little, and, and we know that you know he hasn't played much. Yeah. So he's struggling. Um, Especially when Bosa knows oh, that he yeah. all he has to do is rush the passer. All he has to do. That's a different no dynamic run. than if if he thinks he may have to play the run. And if James Robinson is hurt, and and is not a hundred percent, no one's going to have to play the run. Yeah. Yeah, and then you look at big thing three, which is tracking Trevor Lawrence. You, you attempt to, to track this, and you attempt to see, okay, did he get better from last week? Well, yeah, he didn't have the, the fumble to end the game. Okay, better. But to look at his stats and, and make something out of it, it's nearly impossible right well, now. It's really hard because they had seven total series, and the, the 49ers' plan clearly was by design. I watched the game this morning. On two or three of their plays, on, on two or three plays on that early drive, they were running the shot clock, basketball term. Yeah, the shot clock down Tennis, to zero. Basketball, we got it all. And on a forty-second clock, they were running it down to zero. They wanted mentally, physically, to do that to the Jaguars on the first drive. The result of that was once you had the uh, three and out, oh, yeah. and then the one and out when Lavisca do, uh, didn't protect the ball. It was thirty-four plays to four at one point. They had run four plays, Ashland, by the time. The 49ers were up 17-0. That means Trevor had four plays where the game wasn't tilted against him. Um, there's not many rookie quarterbacks. I, I know he's not playing like everybody wants him to, right. but not many rookie quarterbacks would withstand that sort of dynamic. No, and you can't help it. Even though they were only down 3 nothing, it felt like 7 nothing. It did. Because of how they dominated the conversation. Especially when they went 3-0. Well, yeah. that, and then all of a sudden now you're putting this immense pressure on this quarterback who's got limited weapons around him, it just it was a formula for disaster. If they had broken serve, it could have been a completely different game if they punt. Completely different, but it wasn't. And a 20-play drive, you realize that drive was the longest drive since 1981 in terms of time. Oh, my God. Since 1981. That's 40 years. Yikes. That right? is 40 years. 40 Years. That's longer than I've been alive. It is yeah, we knew you were going to get that. that one in. It's relatively close to how long I've been alive. 
Not that close. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so anyway, it just that that drive was a uh, that was it. When when they do that and impose your will, I thought the game was over there. To be honest, it's the a, three and out, I felt like okay, this is not going to happen today. Yeah, it was very similar. And they were only to, down three nothing, and yeah, it still felt that way. It felt like in Indianapolis last week against the the block punt. You said, forget it. Yeah. And then they fight back. So you think there's that that will to fight back, and it just it's wasn't hard there to yesterday. do that every yeah, week. We, right. It, it's really hard. It feels right now like the Jaguars are a team when they play really, really well, they have a chance to be close late, Miami and Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I mean, they won a couple of close games. When they don't play pretty well, uh, when things go against them. When you're down 17 to nothing. They are a team that is going to lose by double digits. Six of the eight losses this year, double digits. Mm -hmm. And that is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some highlights from yesterday's loss to San Francisco 49ers coming up. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Call CarShield now. If your car's out of manufacturer's warranty, don't get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer repairs. Call CarShield. Yeah, I just love that guy. Uh, it's all good. It's all work. It's all positive. It's all, my gosh, you saw him when I saw him. He took the field, you know, tempo, moving the ball. And uh, I love Cam Robinson. He kept going and going and going even after he got dinged. You know, there's so many great things. That's why I get you kicked, and there's going to be a day we don't get kicked here. That's coming. And I uh, know that guy's going to be part of it, that six-foot whatever he is quarterback. And uh, care deeply for that guy. Like we said, don't worry about the rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He will be all right. Welcome back to Jaguars Drive Time on a Monday. It is time for some highlights from yesterday's loss. I will warn you, there are not many. Short but let's get started with them. I don't think they're highlights. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're low lights. Well, just, it's just a summary of what happened yesterday. After a 13-minute drive to start the game, the Jaguars held them to a field goal. All right, not the best momentum, but at least you held them to a field goal. But uh, this after, not so good. Garoppolo hit hard but held on to it's Brandon Nyuk who's crossing midfield into Jacksonville territory Sermon and Samuel in the backfield it's a give to Debo Samuel and he's gliding his way all the way into the end zone and that's a 49er touchdown in between those two 49ers drives the Jaguars offense goes three and out you are now down 10 to 0 all right offense you have to do well, something or the game hold is on out of control. Hold on, before you go there real quick, and I know mm-hmm. we're going there. The defense, that that shot that Ayuk took, right? What, what, right there, are you kidding? How about tackle? How about not try to knock him down? How about play the game as opposed to the big shot, yeah. which is what that is. That aggravates me. I watched it in college football all day Saturday. I hate that move. Tackle the guy. Your job isn't to just knock him down. It's to get him on the ground. Do that instead of giving up big plays. The defense played very poorly in a lot of places yesterday, and it's it's that kind of play that you can't suffer with your offense because well, you then, can't fall behind. And then the unsportsmanlike conduct on oh, yeah. Sean Jenkins had an element of that too. You're in a fight. The you referee's always it. going to see the punch. Always. You know, 
I get it that you are trying to establish your self, but but th- that kill. It's ten nothing, and uh, Dewey, my guy, had made a big play, <laughs> Huge a play. really good play. I, I'm sorry, we're getting ahead of ourselves. You're down Go thirteen ahead. to nothing, though. It's a different game. All right, so now now you're down ten to nothing. Okay. The offense, all the pressure on them. You got to do something right here, right now, or the game is out of reach. What do you do? James Robinson from the 25, Lawrence to throw. It's a quick pass, and it's Laviska Chenault. Ball came out as he got to the 35-yard line of the 49ers. Have it. From the pocket, end zone throw. Touchdown, Brandon Ayuk. That's ball game, folks. 17-0. That, that fumble was everything. Yeah, well, everything. Yeah, the uh, things aren't going well for the Jags. I'm in the press box. Shot on me, guys. <laughs> We're ordering shots now these days. When the pen flip, you can't see it, you can hear it. That's what I did in the press. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. because you knew at that point. It was, I mean, it, it, it had gone poorly, but you get a six-yard gain. You have a chance to get back in it. You've been talking all week about get LaVisca involved, get his, his dynamic playmaking ability, and he has it. And then you have this and – you just kind of sit back and you know, look at the TV. Oh boy. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. that's my big play. One of those days. Oh, that's an expensive pen. Uh, that's that that looks like an expensive pen. You ruined it. Uh, yeah, it, it, you wake up on Monday morning. I can only imagine the players and coaches, and it must feel like a hangover uh, to them this morning because you know you lose a game like you lost last week in Indianapolis. You get up with energy and go, "All right, we're getting closer." We're close. Yep. Then you get beat over the head like they did yesterday, and it's tough to get out of bed on Monday morning and face the music, which they will today. Yeah, and know that you have to come right back and play a game at home. But as I said, everything for this team is a heavy lift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't go right, it goes really, really wrong. That, over the course of 17 games, that's what you worry about with this team, frankly. Over the course of 17 games, when every game's a heavy lift, eventually becomes too much, and you get a lot of games like this. I hope that doesn't happen over the last seven games. Mm-hmm. And our JEA lineman of the game is going to go to Cam Robinson, and we mentioned the offensive line did not pay their play their best game, but we heard Coach Myers said that Cam Robinson is a guy who's dealing with injury and sticking in there. So Cam Robinson is our lineman of the game. We'd like to thank our JEA frontline team of the game. The Jacksonville Jaguars would like to thank them for all they do to help our community thrive. Please help us recognize JA's frontline team of the game, representing the 2,000 employees who work hard to serve you each and every day. We'll be back right here on Jaguars Drive Time. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. This Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons is presented by CSX. You can buy those tickets right now on Jaguars.com. We lost because of the penalties, I feel like. You know, until I watched the film, I, yeah, I probably had a different view. But from what I see and what I feel, I feel like if we didn't have as many penalties or we would have had momentum earlier, I feel like that could have changed the outcome of the game. We just all have to take accountability for ourselves and to look at the film and really grow from this other player as you as watching yourself so hopefully you guys do that i know i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna you know what i'm saying 
and we're still going to take the positive out of this and move forward. Over 50 yards of penalties to the 49ers yesterday. Eight penalties as a whole to the 49ers. One penalty the entire game. And, and that one penalty came with three minutes left to play, and the game yeah. was way out of hand. Yeah, that's a disciplined team. Eight penalties and two turnovers for the Jaguars. No penalties until 314, and, yeah. the two, and no turnovers. I mean, hello, if you would have told me that was going to be the case, well, that's a loss. Yeah, you can't, you can't have any penalties yep. with a team that has very little room for error. You bet. All right. Time for hot takes. Brian Sexton, what you got? Um, so, on game day, Fred Taylor and I are in the Upper West Club. And we sneak out and go watch the game. And then, when about midway through the second quarter, when this thing was really not going very well, I went and I watched from the window as fans were leaving. And that that's incredibly disturbing to me to watch these people with their kids. I wasn't I was worried about Joe Sixpack. I was focusing on the families, right? With the kids wearing their Trevor Lawrence jerseys leaving the stadium. You can't train people that this is a half game, right? You can't train people to say, well, we're going to stay home on Sunday. We'll watch it on the red zone. We can work in the garage or in the yard. It's easier that way. Why do we want to go? It isn't just that you're selling more merchandise or hot dogs or whatever it is. If people are leaving the game at halftime and taking their kids with them, it is a devastating outcome for this franchise. I don't expect that the Jaguars are going to be a winning team in 2021. I never did. But you can't have losses like this at home. It's completely, entirely unacceptable that you send your fans, especially the way that you played against the Bills and against the Colts, to then lay this egg on the field on them on Sunday. Devastating to watch kids leaving the stadium. Because they go find other things to do. You can't have that. You don't have a huge market to draw from in Northeast Florida right now anyway. You need all your fans and their kids in your stadium. You can't have another loss like this. Mm -hmm. You can't. You can lose by a field goal. You lose like this where you're non-competitive in the early going and have people leaving their hard-earned money and walking away from it with their kids. Devastating. Can't have it. Yeah. And you can't blame them. You can't blame them no for way. Want, not wanting to stay. <laughs> no way. You can't. You can't play like that. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, Doug Marone used to talk a lot about earning home field advantage. Yep. Um, and I never really heard it said that way before. And I, I always liked that phrase. In 17, remember early, the, the fans weren't really coming out, even though we all sort of felt that something special was happening. And over and over again, he would say, it's not given to you. You have to earn it by winning. This franchise right now has a lot of earning to do, and uh, it needs to get started quick because it's supposed to be more fun than this. Yeah. One more thing. I know a lot of people mentioned how many Niners fans there were. Hey, we live in Florida, right? There are people here from all over, especially after the pandemic. The Florida teams are going to have visiting teams here because people want to come to the warm, nice weather, especially at this time of year. That didn't bother me mm -hmm. compared to what I saw leaving the stadium. Yeah. I'll take all the fans you want to put over there on that sideline across the way. Just keep my fans in the stadium. Mm -hmm. Which means you got to put a product on the field. you got to put a better product on the field. Yep. Uh, I don't know how hot my take is, but it, it was so hard, frankly, guys, to analyze this game. Um, because there was really nothing to it beyond the obvious that the 49ers just dominated. The Jaguars are very close to rock bottom offensively. If this isn't it, I don't want to see it. And there may not be any, and there may not be any answers. You have scored two touchdowns in the last four weeks. You have not scored a touchdown when you are trailing by less than 10 points. They scored two against the Colts to get back in it, so those were meaningful. 
but they were down, I think, 17 nothing, and then 20 to 9 when they got them. You know, there's a case to be made that those touchdowns are easier to get than when the game is close. So it's been since Miami since they've scored a meaningful touchdown. You know, again, as I said at the top, I don't necessarily quote blame anybody because I I'm not sure that it's there to be done, but uh, I don't I don't know that there are answers for the last seven games. If there are, I can't wait to see them because I it it just doesn't feel to me like there are any answers offensively when you cannot stretch the field at all. I'll go and back and say it again. That was why I kept, I kept beating the drum on find something on the trade market. Um, and it, it, what, maybe it wasn't there to be had, right? I didn't want to go all the way back to it, but you could see this coming. From weeks away, you could see that this was going to be a problem. You knew at some point you were going to have another receiver get hurt, and then what were you going to do? You're, I mean, you're relying on John Brown and Laquan Treadwell, who were on the street for reasons, mm-hmm. right? It, that, that's not a solution. And waiting until next year didn't seem to be the best solution. It's what they chose, and now for the next seven weeks, they have got to work overtime schematically it isn't as much the the who it's always the who in pro football but they have introduced with this roster now the how yeah you have so to. the pressures on brian schottenheimer and daryl bevel to create situations and mismatch they got to be incredibly clever and creative because defenses don't they can crowd the line of scrimmage yeah it's going to be it's a hard lift i i typically never talk about the offseason before the offseason's upon us but the the pressure to get receiver right at a position that is not necessarily easy to get right in an offseason is is enormous. Well, if they were going to come back at me about about the, the the adding the receiver, they are going to have close to the most salary cap room in the league. Yeah. And they are going to have good draft position, really good draft position again. So they're going to have the capital to get this thing done. I think they've got a dozen picks. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they're going to just infuse this place with speed. Mm-hmm. Now it's got to come to the market, right? Right, and you, it's got to fall that way for you on draft day. And those um, are the worries because sometimes it doesn't. Because sometimes it doesn't, but there's an opportunity for them to fix it. Um, it's just not going to be this year. It's and not going to be the next seven is, games. Yeah, yeah, is upright. Yes, and that leads me to my hot take, which I think yesterday's game was make or break for this hot take. But now you look at the remaining schedule, the next seven games. There's not a game you feel quotations good about the rest of the year. I would have been totally different on this if they beat the 49ers yesterday. I would have said, I feel good about the Falcons. I feel good about the Texans. Maybe you get four or five wins on this season. You look at the rest of the year, I don't feel a game that's that's good the rest of the year. Do you? Yeah, I think there's games they'll be able to get only because of this. Uh, they will be playing teams at some point, Texans and the Jets come to mind, where you don't feel like there's an established quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although and that, the Texans beat the Titans yeah, in Nashville yesterday. Right. I'm not saying that they're going to be favored, but the 49ers were a team always to me that worried you because of their physicality and because they were in it. Yep. The Jets and the Texans, I expect to be out of it. So that dynamic changes a little bit. That sledge, I'm not going to pick him necessarily. No. I'm just saying that You don't not... feel good. Well, here's yeah. right. Okay, look. <laughs> and, and the Falcons come in here after getting shellacked 25 to nothing. I might, by the way, take the coin toss if I win it this week and put myself on offense. Yeah. Right? And, and try not to put myself in a hole and see if I might be able to go create something. But that's an aside. Um, if you look at yesterday, there were two upsets. I'm, I'm not sure you say that the Colts beating the Bills was an upset, but maybe the way they beat mm-hmm. them. Um, that was a statement. Yeah. That was. yeah. Four turnovers by the Bills. Four. You look at the um, at the Titans, five. Five turnovers. Four interceptions by Ryan, T- Ryan Tannehill 
against that team that traded away so many players. Yeah. There hasn't been a result in the league that shocked me more than that one. Than the uh, Texans Titans going to lose in that game. Without a doubt. But here's – so <laughs> the only way – and I said this last week. The only way that I thought that the Jaguars were going to beat the Niners was because I thought they'd be able to get takeaways against a team that had given the ball away as much as almost as much as they had. Mm-hmm. They didn't get it done. The only way that the Jaguars beat the Falcons on Sunday or beat the Jets or beat the Texans is if they take it away. You can't have seven possessions. You need 11. You need to get – if the average is nine for a game for a team, you need 11 or 12. You need extra. You need those. Yeah. And, and you need shorter fields. The defense is going to have to carry this team if you want to win. It worked for the Colts. It worked for the Texans, more importantly. Five takeaways. They beat a team that's perhaps the best in the AFC right now. Yeah, with takeaways. They're so right. But, yeah, you don't, you don't feel good about any of that. No. No. Hard to get takeaways when you're trailing. Yes. And that's what this team's uh, lot in life is right now. Yeah. Yes. Those are our hot takes. They're rather negative this morning. But alas, it's Monday well, drive time. What does anyone expect? <laughs> when we come back on Jaguars drive time, some one to grow on coming up. Get ready for the best barbecue in the nation to be here in Jacksonville coming in December, the Jacksonville Barbecue Festival. Ten pit masters, including Jacksonville's very own Bonos, are cooking up 30,000 pounds of meat. These pit masters will even teach you how to be the master of your own backyard with live demonstrations throughout the weekend. Visit bbqfestjacks.com. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. It is Monday. It's brought to you by Car Shield, and this was a little difficult to do this morning. One to grow on. John. Hey, Dewey, baby. I mean, uh, <laughs> Dewey. I, uh, look, I get that people love to criticize Andrew Wingard for whatever reason. Um, I'm not sure that he's the long-term starter at safety for this team, but the reality is every time you look up, he's making the play. He's making a play. Sometimes he makes mistakes, but he should have had the memorable play of the game yesterday, or a memorable play of the game to the Jaguars. He made a nice play to get out. He cut Debo Samuel down, stopped him short of first down. That should have stopped the 49ers for a field goal to make it 13-0. 13-0, as you said earlier in the show, and 17-0 are big differences there. Rashawn Jenkins took it away. Uh, yeah, give me Dewey. Dewey! John is Dewey's hey. biggest fan. <laughs> I'm really, I'm actually not because I understand <laughs> the flaws. I understand that there are, are are better safeties in the league than this kid, but he keeps holding on to the job. And w- once again, you look up and he's knocking somebody down. Well, you hope that you have a better safety on the sideline sure. waiting to come into the game at some point in Andre Cisco yes. because you invested a third round pick on him. Um, I. Uh, Do it. Yeah. I, are we done? Can we just be uh, – Roy Robertson-Harris continues to impress. You know, he missed a, a key stretch of the of the season with the ankle injury. He's back. He's big. He's powerful. Um, and uh, They've been better with him back. They have been better with him back. So I'll, I'll say having him and Taven and Malcolm is a nice rotation, and you can grow on that rotation. Um, it, they didn't have to run up the middle. They, Debo Samuel just killed this team running outside yesterday. So mm-hmm. – Yes, and the amount of questions we get, especially on Twitter, of where is Andre Cisco? He got a couple snaps yesterday, but well, when Daniel Thomas when Daniel Thomas <laughs> went into why. the game, my phone exploded. Why not Cisco? Yeah. Right, um, different positions. No, totally in, agree. In their defense, you bet. Yeah. yeah. 
but he's not playing in front of Dewey. John's one to grow on. There you have it. This is the Dewey Show. Jaguars drive time on a Monday. Stay tuned. Head coach Urban Meyer coming up this afternoon. You can watch that on jaguars.com live, and we'll be back right here Wednesday morning on Jaguars Drive Time.